Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. Here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like I have an outlet for the creativity and ideas I want to share with the world. I recommend you give it a try. We all have a voice, so share it with the world. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Truth. Seeking truth was my dad's thing. He was really good at research. And if, if he didn't know, he would research and he would tell others, if you don't believe me, do your own research, you know? And that's what we encourage our audience to do once everybody you know just buys the lie they're like well we'll, we can get away with this we can get away with you know faking the moon landing let's see if they'll buy that you know if nobody speaks up i mean we're just we're just doomed i mean that's why i love doing history on the show is because you know those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. it it's it's true it just keeps repeating itself you have to know where where what the truth is at all times. And so whenever we look at all these topics, um, oftentimes it can be very depressing and kind of uh, disheartening what's happening in the world. And that's why one of the main core principles that I try to share on the show is we have to have a foundation in our faith a foundation in our belief in, in the scripture and in the Messiah. Uh, and, and that's what shines the light in the darkness and allows us to then explore all these other topics that can be super depressing if you don't have a hope on the end of the tunnel. The world tries to distract us from uh, the most important things, which is our walk, our faith, and our family, and, uh, and, and what we're doing that's constructive. Because uh, we can be the biggest conspiracy theorist in the world, but it won't do us a, a bit of good if we don't actually uh, take that and use it to motivate ourselves to do something about it. Welcome to the Days of Noah podcast, where we talk all things biblical, supernatural, and strange. Today, we're privileged to bring you the hosts of Skiba News Nation, which is hosted by Rob Skiba's son, Jeremiah, and good friend, Jake Grant. And this show began as a way of continuing Rob's legacy after his unexpected and tragic passing in the hospital, which, again, is documented in the book, The Protocol That Kills. And so Jeremiah, myself, my brother Luke, and Jake are going to talk about their show, about conspiracies, lies, 
and how to anchor ourselves to the truth, to the Word of God amongst this sea of lies, and how do we navigate that and continue to carry the torch for Rob Skiba and all that he was working on, all the important research, all the creative outlets that he was pursuing. And so we're thrilled to be able to, in some small way, partner with uh, Jeremiah Skiba, his mom, Sheila, and Jake Grant as well, in order to continue that legacy. Welcome, guys. Uh, welcome uh, to the Days of Noah podcast. We're happy to be joined today by Jeremiah Skiba and Jake Grant, and uh, host and co-host, right, of uh, Skiba News Nation. Yep. So welcome, guys. Glad to have you. Thank you for inviting us. Happy to be here. Why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, I mean, we're going to get into, you know, about your show and, and some of your background and stuff. And and uh, Jeremiah, your dad, of course, Rob, um, very, very famous, very um, uh, influential on YouTube. Um, I was watching his videos, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, whatever, learning a lot. So, but yeah, um, Jake, why don't you go ahead? Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be here, guys. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, raised in the Philippines as a missionary kid, uh, grew up around a lot of different blends of Christianity there on the mission field, came back for college and ended up getting into the Christian truther conspiracy uh, YouTube realm. Uh, started working back in 2017 uh, for a group called Now You See TV, and uh, that's eventually uh, what led to me uh, beginning a relationship working for uh, Rob Skiba, Jeremiah's dad, and uh, kind of through that process, uh, it's been a, a wild ride, learning a lot of different things and uh, just watching the world change so quickly. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, a little background to me of why I ended up working with Jeremiah is um, I was going to be... Uh, Rob's first employee for seed the series. And, uh, we were going to move down there to Texas before he passed away. And of course, plans kind of changed. And now instead I'm helping Sheila and Jeremiah kind of continue on with, uh, their ministry and, and, uh, you know, continue, uh, pushing out the truth and, and kind of exploring a lot of the topics that Rob really pioneered a lot of the research in and got a lot of people interested in. And, and so he changed my life and, uh, and so for me to try to help other people um, see some of these uh, nuanced topics that can actually be a big deal uh, is pretty important. And uh, originally I was uh, working in uh, radio broadcasting. I ran a radio station here in Kentucky, and that's what led me to eventually get a job uh, producing nice. for some YouTube channels. So yeah, excellent. Uh, that's a little bit about me. Very cool. And how long ago was that that you got uh, connected with Rob and you were, you were working with him? So uh, back in 2017, we first started doing shows together. I was hosting the virtual house church with him uh, when I was working for Now You See TV. Yeah, very cool. And um, and so you would have met Jeremiah around that time? Well, I, actually, over the years, uh, I never really ran into Jeremiah. It had been, um, I think we ran into each other, what, once or twice? Two times. Two times. Two times. And one of them I didn't even know of, which was kind of funny. 
One of them, you said you came to one of the apartments that I was living in at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, we'd flown down to hang out with Rob, and we were talking, you know, some some business stuff, trying to figure out ways to uh, start making seed happen. And uh, at the time, we swung by there, and it was just very brief. And I think another time, Jeremiah, we met at the – feic in dallas we we ran into each other yeah. for a moment there too yeah it was funny nobody nobody knew who i was when i was there like i ran into zen zen didn't know who i was and i, I thought it was funny <laughs> yeah it was like it was just fun just being like the outsider kind of looking in that's what i felt like like it was so cool to see it from the outside perspective right yeah and uh and so when did you guys start working together? I mean, I don't want to skip over you, Jeremiah. Go ahead and, and just kind of tell us a little bit, bit of your background. So you, uh, Sheila's your mom, yeah. right? And and Rob adopted you at, you were 13? Yeah, well, I was 13 or 14. Uh, he adopted me on, they actually, he actually proposed pretty much to both of us uh, because wow. he never had a son of his own. Yep. But, um, you know, he loved my mom. I mean, I'm sure he still loves my mom and I know he does. And, um, so yeah, he, he, he pretty much proposed to both of us because he asked me for my permission to, to marry my mom, which mm-hmm. no man had ever done that to me before. So, so my whole childhood before Rob, I, I was, you know, I was very protective of my mom. And then he, I tried to find every little thing that I could to, <laughs> to, you know, you know how you do as a kid, you try to poke holes in their stories or you try to get them on something. Yep. I could not do it to this man. And, and, and I am so blessed now further down the road that I'm, I'm so blessed that I'm able to call Rob Skiba my dad. Yeah. And, and I don't take that lightly. His legacy is the most important thing in my life right now and continuing his work but continuing his legacy is is probably the most important thing and i couldn't think of a better person to be my co-host than jake grant yeah i mean wow he's the best well and it's really cool that you know that jake had that background with your dad too and that's what kind of started the whole connection so growing up um i mean you don't have to get into it too much if you don't want to but Obviously, there was a gap of time where, you know, it was kind of you and your mom, right? Before Rob came along. I mean, what was that like? You were, yeah, you were kind of <laughs> poking holes and vetting all the, um, maybe some guys that were coming around, right? Yeah, my dad left when I was when I was about three years old. Oh. I don't really talk about this much, so this is kind of an, an exclusive. But okay, he he is has been in and out of prison. Uh, my old childhood, the only time I would ever, ever get to see him is if we surprised him. I remember that, but I remember idolizing this man for some reason. Hmm. Like if, if anybody out there knows what it's like to not know your dad, you idolize this person or who you think is this person. And he wasn't. And I was blessed to have, uh, our producer here, Opa, who was, who was basically, you know, my dad at the time, he mm. played that father role and he was, he played the same role for my mom. And he, he, he's like a saint. Uh, 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 my dad called him St. Walter. I mean, mm. he, 
he's the most incredible man. I mean, how how often do you get to to at least know two amazing people in your life? You know, so I, I I'm just super blessed and and lucky. That's really cool. And and what is um, Opus connection? Friend, family, or both? He's family. He's my grandfather. Grandfather. Okay, fantastic. So I understand you are a musician. And what capacity are have you done that, or are you doing that now? Like what instruments and and what kind of you know genre and different things like that? Well, it was like a blend of rock and hip hop because you know my dad, my dad, what he did was so pure, and and I was like, how do I reach the next generation? So so I was making hip hop songs that that I didn't necessarily like, people liked, but I I. You know, I could have done without some of the the curse words, as my dad would say, but <laughs> that he laughed it off. Um, but you know, later on, uh, I started getting a little bit more popular. I played at South by Southwest a couple times, nice. uh, which they say is the biggest music festival in the world. Which it definitely, I don't think it is. They say it is, but it's not. So after that, and then and then my dad passed. So I was on the rise. My dad passed, and I just stopped. I, I just it was more important to me as as his son to carry on his legacy. And he always wanted to reach my generation. That's one thing he always wanted to do. He always wanted to reach the younger crowd. And looking at our analytics on YouTube, it's crazy because we, we are reaching that demographic along with other demographics, but that is our core audience. And to see that is it's like a it's like a wink from him, like you know, you're, you're because people are finding his his amazing research through our show. Yes. You know, and uh, and Jake's also a musician, too. I'm not going to leave that out. We, we put out a song together, actually. Right. Um, and check it out and what do you real quick before we go to Jake? What do you play or do um, musically, Jeremiah? Uh, I didn't like hip hop, but I, I do. Uh, I play on the MIDI keyboard. So everything oh, yeah. you hear. Yeah is done by me kind of like what what's in the background over there yep exactly yep yep yep. i'm i'm slowly doing that kind of thing too but uh yeah go ahead jake what do you what do you do what do you play oh uh i i have a band uh called simply prodigal and uh i i'm the lead vocalist for our band and we uh sing about all kinds of different stuff a lot about you know our faith walk and and just uh looking at the world from a new perspective uh, now that we've come into our beliefs and, and, and vocals or guitars too, or just lead singer. Uh, my buddy, uh, um, Adam Fink plays uh, guitar and I'm the lyricist and vocalist. And uh, I, I play guitar on my downtime, but I like to say I've played guitar for many years <laughs> poorly though. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Not show worthy yet. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's there's a lot uh, to being just, I say this, just a lead singer because, I mean, you have to capture the attention and how should I move and all of that stuff, right? I mean, I kind of like having, I play bass, I kind of like having a guitar in front of me when I'm doing vocals. There's this, this kind of this, this shield, right? You can just hide behind. I don't have to move. I'm playing. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely doing two things at once can be difficult. And um, Adam and I just recently put together a uh, a festival called Hebrew Fest, and it was actually fairly successful. It happened a month ago, and uh, we're going to be doing it yearly now. And we had a couple hundred people out, um, and so we're we're trying to develop this musical kind of ministry thing. Um, while it's we're not trying to be really on the nose, uh, like faith based music. There's definitely the themes behind what we're singing about. Okay. But, uh, it's something about music can penetrate those barriers. People put up, you know, when they don't want to be preached at, (laughs) there's something about music that can really, uh, reach people's vibrations. Yeah. (laughs) It's the good vibrations, man. Yes. What is it for? Uh, I forget the number is, uh, uh, Laura Sanger would, uh, she has on her website, but, yeah, that frequency. You guys ever heard that about like the conspiracy of of I don't know what organization changed how we tune to 440 now and it used to be like 432 or something. You ever heard that one? Yeah, the the dissonance frequency versus the healing frequency, the div- something divinic. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think 432 was supposed to be like the healing. Have you heard that one, Jake? Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, I've I've always wanted to tap into it, you know, figure out a way to tune the guitar down because uh, I know that higher frequency is more dissonant and causes can cause like an underlying angst in your subconscious or something. Um, Interesting. But uh, that that lower that better frequency is apparently healing, and a lot of the psalms, uh, the reason they were so uh, healing and beautiful, where they were all you know in in that natural resonating frequency like the way that water can form in certain crystallized patterns when vibrations are played uh near the water or or for example like sand patterns appear to different cymatics yeah cymatics yeah very interesting yeah all that's very it's very fascinating we we touched on that probably like 30 episodes ago a little bit on the power of words and um um, Dr. Uh, Emoto's experiments, the Japanese guy. And, uh, and I did a couple of them, uh, back in the day. I, I had some apples I cut in half and I put, you know, positive words on one and negative on the other. And it was night and day difference. I did it with rice. Three weeks later, the, the positive word rice still looked and smelled like fresh brown rice. And the other one was like gooey yellow. So it's fascinating. Yeah how that works. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. So is there a difference between written word and like verbal, uh, frequency or, I mean, is it just the thought? I don't know. The thought that actually cost it. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's all of the above. So when I would remember to do it, I would either say those words to the containers or I would, um, think them. Uh, but, but 24-7, I had like a piece of tape on each and I wrote, you know, the positive words on one. And I still have the videos up on YouTube. So it's it's very interesting. But yeah, Dr. Emoto did those experiments with um, with how water froze with different music and and the crystals, um, the patterns were just dramatically different. So, I mean, it sounds really new agey, but I think there is a a. a mathematical precision and a creative beauty to how God created the world and vibrations are part of it. 
Yeah, there there's definitely yep. mysteries in the in the world and I think once people unpack those they can use them for good or evil, uh like technologies and stuff, but there's definitely deeper things to the way this realm works. Yeah. So, okay, so going into kind of your show, um Skiba News Nation. How long has that been going and like how did you guys get started and team up and all of that? All right, so right after my dad was murdered at the hospital and everything. Uh, Jake and Sierra, his wife, were there, and and we were brainstorming uh, of a way that we could we could continue uh, my dad's legacy. And we were just brainstorming. Do you remember that, Jake? We were just brainstorming and brainstorming. Oh yeah. And we were like documentary. No, that's that's just a one off, you know. And so I was. Uh, I I think Jake helped me come up with the with the the overall picture and that was skiba news nation which is you get the current news by jake who's an amazing current news person and then we have our producer opa who has opa's corner which are really funny like newspaper clippings and memes and then i do history and conspiracy and and there's conspiracy in everything and that's what jake's been showing me as of recent is that everything is a conspiracy and it all relates it's all it's all intertwined and and it's it's funny because a lot of the times our show will just i don't know how it will just match up you notice that jake yeah yeah it's and and they'll just like go uh hand in hand like it's it's pretty crazy so you two are i mean you're not necessarily coordinating your segments but they but they tend to dovetail it seems huh yeah, some interesting synchronicity. Synchronicity, yeah. I guess, is the word. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll both yeah. be on the same. We've had a pattern. couple. Yeah, for sure. And we've had some pretty cool guests on. I must admit, uh, probably the best one uh, was uh, Owen Benjamin. He yeah. was fun. Nice. He was real fun. I mean, and I knew I knew Jake loved it. I could just see it on his face because he he's a he's I mean he's so funny. They're, they don't make comedians funny anymore, and that's that's so sad to me that you can't you can't even make a joke without offending somebody. No, I know he you guys. Fart, he'll fart and offend somebody, you know. N- not not that I recommend it for the for the crassness, but there there's some good points that Chappelle makes, right? And uh, he's mm-hmm. like, he's just he's just railing about you know this and that, and and how he yeah he doesn't like doing college shows or anything, and he's like, that's you people. <laughs> Like, Norm Macdonald is the best for me. Like yeah. I've seen probably every Norm Macdonald clip because I obsess over things, and that's that's probably my uh, probably it, it's my worst quality, but it's also my best quality if I if I love the subject. So whatever it is, I obsess over. Yep. Uh, my girlfriend says I'm on the autistic spectrum, which is probably true, but <laughs> but you know everybody's on a different spectrum. It's a spectrum. Right? It's a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so just in, just since, um, yeah, what happened to your dad, that's, that was what sparked the show. And you were like, and that makes total sense. Like that you would want to do something more than just, okay, this one time documentary, you want to have something ongoing. And I love that you keep saying legacy because yeah, when I, when I look at the things that, that Rob was planning with seed and everything, it's like, yeah, we, we got to carry that torch. And I'm, I'm all for that. I told I told uh, your mom um, when we had him on talking about their book, uh, The Protocol That Kills, you know, anything I can do to partner with you guys, because um, 
I think it's just a really, really important subject, uh, spectrum, <laughs> use that yeah. word again, because it is, I mean, whether it's Nephilim or, or, you know, uh, apocalypse, uh, revelation, you know, all the things that, uh, that Rob would teach on, you know, and that's, well, a, that's my, a lot of where our show lives. My you know, book is like a part one. This is who the man was as a man mm-hmm. and a father. Yeah. So it's kind of like it goes into like that he was a real person. A lot of these people are are, are just known as statistics, which which really angers me. And I, I've met several of them that have lost their loved ones the same way. And they're not statistics. They are real people. And he's the face of of millions of people yeah. that lost their lives to this evil system. So this just like shows like funny. I, I'll send both of you guys one, but. That'd be great. His his private writings. Let me put it up close. Oh, here. his journal entries and stuff. To, yeah, to me and and kind of how we kind of like our story, me and his story. So it's kind of the good, and then my mom's book is like how they murdered him. Yeah, is is I mean I'll just say it like it is. I mean and it is it is that's what happened. Yeah. Um. And for the listeners, uh, uh Jeremiah is referencing his book uh, never got to say goodbye that he wrote about his dad Rob so um definitely uh, check that out um everybody listening if you haven't and and the protocol that kills too to see how it tragically ended but yeah you and your mom and Jake and and everybody carrying on that torch um of just such an important topic and you know I say this often Luke and I were were inspired by by blurry creatures um, if you guys have heard of that, those guys, Nate and Luke talking about, you know, the giants, Bigfoot, aliens, all sorts of weird creatures. And just one day I called up Luke and I'm like, you know, I've kind of got a prompting today. I've been binging this all week and I'm like, this is important topics. And that's, that's how our, our show was kind of birthed out of that was just having a discussion out of it. But well, because if it's not talked about, then then you know if you're just sitting around, I mean, it's never going to be exposed. You gotta, you have to talk about it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. More people. So it was know. just the two of us, kind of like you know, I don't know, just our inner circle, you could say, <laughs> and we're like, let's say, more people need to know about this. It's like the church, as you know, uh, as a whole, is kind of ignorant. And then you know, the public might know a little bit, you know, you got UFO conferences and you got all these different rabbit trails that people go down. So yeah, Pete invited a friend over. So we had a trio and we're just kind of hanging out and we're talking about these subjects and I don't know, you decided to record them. That was my coworker. <laughs> so I was telling her about it and, and, and she's like, you guys should record this. We started with the Genesis six giants. I'm like, well, let's just start there. That's and, cool. Yeah. And and that's where it was birthed out. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we should record this. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'll turn this into a show. And uh, you know, fellow musician like you guys, you know, I had some some tracks, some some of them aren't even finished. I might have a minute of something that I loop, but I use it on on our show. I use our, our original stuff or my original stuff on the show and, and it just gives me an outlet for it. But yeah, and what I love about it is when Luke and I, whether we have a guest or guests or not, we try to do something every week 
and we might go, okay, check out this episode of Blurry Creatures. Let's review it. Or, you know, recently we watched a video or two from uh, William Schneblin, if you know who he is. Yes. Um, one, one Accord Ministries. You know, he was talking about Disney and, and, and Satan and all this, you know, dark stuff. And so we'll just review something like that. But, but what I love about it is it, it makes you dig deeper, right? Because if you're going to talk about it and, and try to know something about it, well, now I don't just listen to a show like Blurry Creatures for entertainment. I listen to it for like, oh, this might be a good show episode or something like that. So maybe that's a good question to ask you guys. How What do you do to kind of come up with your show topics? And what are some of the most important things you try to convey on your show? Whoever wants to take it first. I would say truth. Seeking truth was my dad's thing. Like he, he forget how my mom worded it today. Uh, he was really good at research. And if if he didn't know, he would research. And he would tell others, if you don't believe me, do your own research, you know? And that's what we encourage our audience to do. And, you know, we'll, we'll present them with facts. Jake is amazing at that, pre- presenting facts. Like a lot of the stuff that, that I see on our show, I have never seen before. So I don't know how Jake finds it. <laughs> it's magical, but... but uh, on the music topic, the, the last thing I will say is I'm very grateful to Jake because when I put a pause to my music, Jake said, let's do a song or let's do some music together. And, you know, at the beginning, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like I want to, but I, I don't at the same time. But he kind of forced me to do it. And I'm so glad that he did because I loved every minute of it. I have the, the lyrics framed. And we have we have a band now, and it's called Truth Frequency, which is the show that my dad was on. Uh, yes. Truth, isn't, isn't that what it was, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah the radio Truth, channel, yeah. Truth Frequency Radio. Yeah. yeah. So we let our fans choose the name. They chose Truth Frequency, and uh, it's called Quest for Truth, featuring Rob Skiba. We even put him in there. That's which right. Which is awesome. Yeah, I did hear that. So. Yeah, that's really so, cool. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> thank you, Jake, because I, I would have never got back into it. I don't think once you once you I mean, it's not like riding a bike, you know, when you do music. It's like I, I was trying to learn how to like reset up my mics again or like plugins and stuff. And yes. And yeah, how about you, Jake? But, what what do you th- think is kind of the the path that you guys try to take as far as what you want to convey on your show? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think the the scriptural precedent is my people perish for lack of vision. And whenever yes. we started getting together with Jeremiah, we were like, all right, man, you know, this is terrible. That's what's happened to your dad. But what's going to be the jumping point? What What's hereafter? And uh, and so for me, uh, a lot of the topics I cover, um, while our main goal is, you know, the pursuit of truth, uh, I'm, I, a lot of the the things I present, I, I'm just an amalgamation of all the people that have touched my life, right? And so um, all the different conspiratorial topics or uh, worldviews that I present on the show um, are just things that um, I feel are worth looking into. Um, and whenever we talk about all the different things happening in the world today, I like to share the analogy of it's kind of like juggling fruit. And, uh, the deception comes along when they start adding more and more fruit to your act. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and by the time you're juggling too many and you drop one, that's when the system pulls one over on us. And, 
And so whenever we look at all these topics, um, oftentimes it can be very depressing and kind of uh, disheartening what's happening in the world. And that's why one of the main core principles that I try to share on the show is we have to have a foundation in our faith, a foundation in our belief in, in the scripture and in the Messiah. Uh, and, yeah. and that's what shines the light in the darkness and allows us to then explore all these other topics that can be super, uh, kind of depressing if you don't have a hope on the end of the tunnel. Right. right? And so, um, I try to kind of bring a, a, a moral to the story, uh, in each episode of like, Hey, <laughs> this is the focus is while Babylon's collapsing, the goal is to not necessarily try to fix the system with the system but to build a better system outside of the system and Mm -hmm. so what that means is we're trying to be the world tries to distract us from uh the most important things which is our walk our faith and our family and uh and and what we're doing that's constructive because uh we can be the biggest conspiracy theorist in the world but it won't do us a, a bit of good if we don't actually uh take that and use it to motivate ourselves to do something about it. And, and so we're trying to, that's why we like to bring in the comedy element to the show. I like Mm -hmm. to, I like to say that we're, we're fighting a multi-generational corporate dictatorship with the power of memes. So uh, absolutely, (laughs) we'll, we'll throw, you know, funny memes and, and show funny pictures and stuff. And, uh, and it'll try to convey, you know, these simple truths, uh, that hopefully we're able to relate with our audience. And, and like Jeremiah said, uh, Rob always wanted to reach our generation, Jeremiah and I's generation and generations that are younger than us. And of course, in today's world, uh, it's the most disenchanted generation that's ever been about because they saw the hypocrisy of their parents growing up. They saw all these agendas that have been pushed at them, um, unstopping, um, and so what it, it means to me and to Jeremiah, I think is that, um, just by being ourselves, by being genuine, um, we can hopefully share why some of these truths we've come to realize are so important, should be important to other people our age. And, um, yeah, that, I guess that's the kind of the theming, but, um, yeah, you know, in, in terms of current news and stuff, uh, we just try to cover anything that seems prevalent, and and not only jump on the the conservative bandwagon because I've come to realize that there's often a bullwhip effect for many news topics that come out to where mm-hmm. um, it's the 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 modus operandi of the the beast system is the Hegelian dialectic. And what that means is they yep. create a problem and then they offer the solution. And oftentimes right. you can see that they funnel people of certain mindsets into certain patterns of thinking. And so to think outside of the box and be like, okay, uh, everybody's all excited about um, this particular film or this particular news story or, or getting up in arms about this wrong what is the bullwhip effect that's happening here? That is the trick. What's the trap that can deceive even the elect, right? Mm. Cause the great deception is something that the scripture talks about happens in the last days. And it says, and it can see, can deceive even the very elect if it were possible. 
And yeah. so if we um, kind of turn our brains off and just follow the crowd, even if it's, you know, the, the people that we might think are the right crowd, that's oftentimes when the deception can be pulled over on you. So um, that's how we try to look at the news is from that different angle. And uh, okay, that's just a little breakdown there. And I, th- and I think there's a, there's a uh, danger in um, kind of marginalizing and, and labeling yourself too. If you, if you say that this is my camp, you know, and then you, you kind of pigeonhole yourself into that and say, I only think like this, or you do that Absolutely. to other people. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. And Luke and I have talked about, like, you're talking about the biblical grounding, you know, just how unprepared um, the evangelical Christian church is by and large in the West, you know, to a lot of these topics. Luke, do you want to touch on that at all? I mean, it's, it's having the foundation of Genesis six for the narration, the narrative of the Bible, first of all. And then, I mean, if you're just looking at the, the truth of, I mean, I think Tim Mabarino and, and LA Mazzuli, they, they really, hit it on the head. Um, I was just talking just to LA the other day. A year or so ago. They, they uh, I think it was last year they did a YouTube special, the two of them, going over the Pentagon report. Right. So here, here, and, and LA Missouri likes to talk about the disclosure ladder, you know, the ladders of dis- disclosure. I mean, you go way back to, what was it? The War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. you know, radio broadcast, what and people how thought it was real, and, and, or someone else. Yeah, it just freaked everyone out, you know. And so, how many generations later? But now it's it's fallen on deaf ears. Even though Tucker's talking about it on Fox News, obviously he's removed. But you know, the Pentagon report. L.A. Mazzulli, he's been in this industry for a while, specifically talking about the UFO phenomenon, abductions and that type of thing. And he was thinking he was going to have all kinds of pastors calling him. His phone's going to ring off the crickets, Mm -hmm. nothing, you know. So it's like there's a conditioning going on and but yet. I don't know. There's there's a disclosure event. It seems to be on the horizon, just specifically dealing with that subject. And either people are just numb to it, and it's not really startling them anymore, like it did years ago. Right. Um, but well, and 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 even just in the last few weeks, Luke, uh, with you know them announcing government announcing that they have alien body part remains. You know, just in the last few yeah, weeks. I did hear that. So so that it's yeah. it's it's accelerating. But I wonder if we are so conditioned with um media and Hollywood and movies and fiction and everything is so well done. I mean, you know, love it love it or hate it, but the Marvel series, you know, that's a good example. Just just well crafted, you know, amazing scenes, amazing music and and exciting plots. And people are just kinda like, yeah. Aliens, yeah, okay. You know, until they come down and start zapping people. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it interesting that, like, if you were to go back 50 years and tell people that what they're telling people now, people would freak out. They'd be like, oh, my God, aliens. Like, but now it's just like, no big deal. They're yeah. aliens. We don't care. Yeah. We just care about paying our mortgage, you know. 
<laughs> well, that's Paying it. the next we're, bill. We're, we're too broke and too bored to care. <laughs> it's like, but Jeremiah, that kind of brings me to kind of another topic about conspiracies because it's my opinion that the moon landing and, you know, mm-hmm. this whole how is the cosmology? Is it heliocentric? Is it geocentric? Is a way that they've prepared for the great deception, the alien disclosure, because I was just starting to watch a, um, on rumble today, an old documentary of Bob Lazar. And I didn't realize that he's the reason basically is what I understood from the documentary that uh, why area 51 is so famous. And, um, there was a, a lady, I don't know if it was a relative of his or whatever, but it's, it was on the documentary and she's like, of course we're not alone. Like there has to be other life. And it's like, I think that is the default response because we have, we have created the cosmology that there are billions of other planets just like ours. Therefore this, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't have that if you had the geocentric, but yeah. On a conspiracy wise. Yeah. They're just looking at it like the law of lar- large numbers, you know, they're just, yes. I mean, they talk about that insurance industry and stuff too. You get the number big enough, you know, you're it's like up mathematically. The probability is, is going to be there that X, Y, Z is going to happen. Same with evolution. They'll um, say, yeah, give it enough time. But what were, what were you going to say? Uh, Jeremiah? Right. Well, you had asked me about uh, conspiracy theories and I think, the most under talked about, and I actually was fortunate enough to ask Owen Benjamin, uh, but, but I'll tell the story here. I think the first time America lied to us on a mass scale and they knew that they could, they could lie to us about anything after this was Helen Keller, that oh. she was deaf and blind. She flew a plane and she was deaf and blind. Hmm. Oh my gosh, what the heck? She was deaf and blind. Like, there are so many things that don't make... Like, if you watch videos of Helen Keller now, and I encourage everybody listening, after listening to this episode, go over there, at, go to YouTube and type in Helen Keller flies plane. Huh. It is some crazy stuff. When, and, when, was, and, uh, when was she um, alive? You know what? Let me pull it up. Let's see. Okay. Helen Keller was born June 27th, 1880. And then she died June 1st, 1968. She supported eugenics. Oh, really? Did you know that? She was a very... I did uh, not know that. Yeah. She... Uh, fan of she was, fan of Margaret Sangers? Probably. They might have lived during the same time. Yeah. So that, 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 was, that was, you know, they had America and the world convinced that this lady was deaf, dumb, and blind. And could do all these little hand tickling and could communicate. So once everybody believes that, once everybody, you know, just buys the lie, they're like, well, well, we can get away with this. We can get away with, you know, faking the moon landing. Let's see if they'll buy that, you know? Fluoride in the water. And they buy that. And there you go. And it just keeps going up, keep going up, keep going up. If nobody speaks up, I mean, we're just, we're just doomed. I mean, that's why I love doing history on the show is because, you know, those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's true. It just keeps repeating itself. You have to know where where what the truth is at all times or or you're screwed. 
I mean, right. that's what I really believe. Well, it's a sharpening your mind too, right? It's it's learning how to think yep. critically because mm-hmm. because now, like even going through COVID and all of that psyopness, you know, we get sharper, right? So then these things we recognize quicker, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what what do you guys think are some of the like the most important conspiracies or or like the one the one that I loved on the sh- uh, show that I was listening to you guys was um, uh, that clip you had of uh, Kennedy and the lady that knew too much and how there was oh, a lot Dor- of signs. What was her uh, name? Dorothy Kilgallen. Her name was Dorothy Kilgallen, and she yes. was on a show called What's My Line? And and I don't think they could do it today because I don't like any of the celebrities today. But basically, <laughs> what they would do for everybody listening is there'd be four. Is that right? Up with four people sitting down. Four people. Four people sitting down at chairs with blindfolds on. And a celebrity would walk in, write their name on a chalkboard, mm-hmm. and they would ask them questions. Ask them questions. And and the one who got the, the correct answer based on the, the clues that were given, they, they would be the winner of the game. So Dorothy Kilgallen was was made famous through that, and she was also a, a she was a famous journalist. And she knew too much. She knew way too much. And she, I don't know how, how it all happened, but I know that there, there's something there. And, and, um, have you ever heard about the phone call, uh, that, that was made right before the assassination, right before the assassination Uh, of JFK? No, I don't recall. That there allegedly was a lady that called and, and said, the president is going to be shot if he goes through Daily Plaza. Hmm. Now, could that have been her? I don't know. Yeah. But I, I know that she knew a lot and she was in bed with, you know, the mob. She was in bed with the CIA. I mean, you had to be to be famous at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, her story is so fascinating. I thought it was fascinating what the, the clues that even that little clip that you guys had on your show was talking about this, um, this mafia guy and how he had it out for Kennedy. So um, if, if you guys are able uh, to send me, send me a link to that clip. And uh, of course I'll post your show in the, in the description too, that has it. But um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting (laughs) that he definitely had some, some motive there. Um, But yeah, what are, what are some of the biggest conspiracies you think the devil has used to, to keep people believing lies you know, especially the last hundred years or so. Jake, where do we start, man? (laughs) Well, uh, I think there's a lot of conspiracies that build on each other. Uh, When we talk about, for example, biblical cosmology, which Rob did a lot of research in and, uh, and looked into the topic of, hey, wait a second. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you have more in common with quote-unquote flat earthers than you do the modern concept of cosmology that's taught in the classroom. For example, mm-hmm. if you look at the creation week, at creation week uh, the sun, moon, and stars are created on day four, and the earth was created before that. And, mm. and compared to the modern uh, scientism perspective, which was first there were giant gas giants that drew in because of their gravity, little particles and those particles eventually formed moons and planets. And, and so what I believe when you break down that particular 
realm of belief is uh, it's an inverted equation, an inverse equation, excuse me, um, mm. where the math will work out uh, to the equivalency of what we can observe and it works in both sides of the equation. So uh, the Aristophanes experiment, for example, is a great example, uh, a great ex- uh, yep. kind of uh, premise that was used to prove how far away the sun is. And uh, the, the inverse of that equation is equally as true. It just tells the opposite story, which is the sun is much closer and localized. And, right. um, and so while this topic um, of how we look at, creation i don't believe will ever be 100 100% undeniably proven one way or the other uh yes. the premise that we can believe the world is different than we'd be taught than we've been taught in the classroom i think is very important because uh just think of the the world of possibilities out there if they're hiding something as big as uh, what this realm we live in actually looks like. And I think that's... Yeah, la- lands beyond Antarctica, for oh, example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I, and uh, The scarcity mindset. Yes. Right? That we're running out of resources. I, just the, the idea of how much money is spent exploring space, the great vacuum of space, and poured into going to Mars, for example, compared yeah. to the amount of funds that are spent exploring the ocean depths, to me is mind boggling. Think of like, you know, the amazing wonders that are just waiting terrestrially here on earth and, uh, and how really the enterprise of space exploration has taken millions and millions and billions and billions of dollars of taxpayer money and, uh, poured it into almost like a black budget that we don't see a direct benefit or, uh, the the knowledge of where we live is not increased in a way that is actually benefiting mankind. Um, sure. You know, we got Velcro out of NASA, but you know, it's it's not all bad. And, but and that pen that writes <laughs> pen, wherever ballpoint pen. So you know, mine stopped working for real. Mine too. The one, the one that you can write underwater, allegedly. Yeah, so, yeah, I got one at the Kennedy Space Center. So talking cosmology, you know, all of these conspiracies are tethered together, so it's hard to bring up one without the other. So while people fall on different sides of the aisle when it comes to cosmology, heliocentrism, geocentrism, uh, realmism, uh, biblical cosmology, uh, that's kind of like the big pill to swallow. But tethered yeah. to that topic is, of course, the alien agenda. So right. part of the push for we're in an ever expanding galaxy uh, universe is that these are extraterrestrial beings that are from other planets. And what to me is always super confusing about that narrative is these beings are so hyper advanced and intelligent that they can create spacecraft that can travel light years and light years. uh, Like it would take thousands of light years for them to arrive here from the nearest star. Right. Mm. And yet they get here and they crash land in the desert. <laughs> All right. So, so their intelligence or at least their ability to, you know, pilot should have been checked on their home planet, I guess. Oh, we didn't plan case. for that earth landing. We had all the other planet landings down, <laughs> exactly. but not the earth landing. Well, one thing you said there, Jake, it kind of triggers a thought because of how, how conspiracies are connected. Right. So you look at the, 
is it is it the progressive Christianity or the watering down of of God's word where it becomes something that is is fluid? It's not literal. It's you know allegory. Genesis isn't literally true the way it's written. Um, the The Bible is not a science book. It's not meant to be that. And yet, when we start down that slope, we are gutting God's word yeah. of of things that hold itself together. And the devil loves peeling layer after layer off. I mean, right from the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? And that's exactly it. I think it it starts with the cosmology. And then a few chapters later, you know, Genesis 6, right? And we've spent a good good chunk of our shows um, talking about how that thing was a push against, we had Doug Van Dorn on a a few episodes ago, that was a a Jewish push against the Messiah because they had to disregard the two powers in heaven uh, understanding of the Old Testament that they had because they couldn't have this this equal with God person coming in the flesh. And so the Genesis 6, you know, angels being able to procreate with humans, that was off the table now because you couldn't have a spiritual being being a human. So all these things, like you said, they are intertwined and i think it's just the devil just trying to run roughshod over god's word and that's our anchor point yeah it's it's what's called the doctrine of accommodation where Mm. they change the meeting to metaphorical and and just for a particular people at a particular time uh because it's what they understood um anthropomorphic expression is where a spiritual being uses physicality to demonstrate spiritual principles to physical man. And, Uh. and they take that to the nth degree to where even the book of Genesis is all allegory and whatnot. Uh, But you know, the scripture says, let Yah be true that let God be true and every man a liar. Right. And so that's why I brought up the inverse equation principle, which is there's, two ways of looking at the world. One, we can just trust and have faith that the most high told us the truth, or we can trust in man. And both can scientifically and empirically be proven through mathematics and and scientific exploration. I, I of course, lean further towards the biblical perspective and and the Mm -hmm. science that supports that. But the world science, of course, claims to support the other side of the equation that says, oh, this is how we've come about. This is why the, the galaxy and the universe is millions and billions of years old. And, and then, of course, we can look at the biblical, biblical perspective. And a great example of this is the flood narrative, right? Well, yeah. when we look at the layer of sediment in the earth, people can interpret that to represent millions and millions of years of time or a biblical scientist uh, could look at it and say, no, this is layers of sediment that were deposited in a very quick fashion uh, over a period of weeks. And so both are observable, both are empirically testable, uh, but what conclusion you come to can can determine either, either you're having faith on the word of God or if you're f- trusting in man. And, and, you know, that topic of aliens, I think, is... Uh, you know, we, we've been pre-programmed so much with our media, with all of the films and TV, and uh, and there's a tie-in with the alien agenda and eschatology, uh, because 
there's a, a returning Messiah in the book of Revelation, right? And he's right. coming back for his people, the people that are waiting for him and ready. And we don't want to be caught unaware, you know, like uh, somebody who's not prepared. We don't want to be the foolish brides, uh, bridesmaid, uh, virgins. We want to be the wise ones that have the oil yes. in their lamps. And so the principle of people waiting for a returning uh, pr- figure uh, is talked about in all of these alien movies because all of the aliens are mm. coming to destroy earth and coming to, you know, cause destruction and mayhem. And it's always those, you know, peace and love alien dudes on the top of the building that are going, take us with you that get yes. blown up first. <laughs> right. Well, I, I used to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to say uh, that I used to work at a hotel in, in downtown uh, Madison and, uh, uh, we there was a conference, uh, Wiscon they would have every year with the with the sci-fi guys would come out, and there was a, a middle-aged gentleman who always wore orange, top to bottom, shoes, socks, everything was orange. And uh, was he a hunter? A, no, he was not a hunter. That's a that's a good question, Luke. I never thought of that. No, it was. I asked my coworker why he wears orange. He said he asked him one time. He said it's so the aliens can see me better. <laughs> But no, like you said, Jake, it's it's a false narrative. Right? Um, they're waiting for a savior. You know, the Jews think the Messiah hasn't come, so the Antichrist is going to be a perfect fit for that. They're going to be like, there he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely there's a lot wrapped up in it, and I think where I'm at, and and hopefully, uh, you know, I. I stay humble in my perspectives because we never know when we're so fixated on a topic or a, a, a angle of viewing a particular topic that we can kind of become numb to alternative perspectives. And no matter what conspiracy it is, um, it's oftentimes when we plant our flag on something that we can be proven wrong. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so just being fluid in that sense of, you know, being open to the possibilities of different interpretation, um, different perspectives, uh, of the way the world works. Um, uh, that's allowed me to see further than, you know, those who've passed down their knowledge to me and, and hopefully the people that we talk to on our show will, take that and run with it and be like, you know what, who knows what could be going on in the world and and what's true or not. But, um, that's why the foundation of our faith is so important because it helps us navigate and be open to things that challenge us, things that we've not heard before or things that, um, are new on the scene that we need to start investigating so that we don't get led astray. Um, and, and so when you have that core of belief, then it's the world's the possibility, right? There's yeah, so much uh, you can look into and, and it's really exciting. Yeah. And the framework is there to be able to understand it too, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we have that and we're able to navigate these things. And Luke and I have talked a lot about this, that, you know, a lot of the church doesn't have much of a supernatural worldview, at least for today. They'll give lip service to the Bible and go, oh, yeah, you know, walking on water and, you know, all these miracles and stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> you tell them something. Yeah, um, I was just talking to um, Steve Harmon. He's a deliverance minister. Um, I was chatting with him, trying to pick his brain the other day. 
and he gave me a little bit of his time. And he said he was talking to a group of kids and he's like, how many of you think uh, Jesus can heal? Yay. And then he tells a story about someone getting healed like last week. And they're like, what? (laughs) It's like there's a disconnect. Right. We so so part of what we try to do, and it sounds like you guys too, is to is expand our understanding that the supernatural is real, and the Bible has the true narrative, not the ancient aliens, you know, Anunnaki, but but the actual story, the the reality. Um, Jeremiah, if I could go to you next, I just wanted to ask, kind of, what do you think? What do you guys see is coming? What are the signs? that's coming down the pike and then, and then finishing up with, um, what things you and your mom are working on and, um, how to continue, uh, Rob's legacy. But, but first, I guess to ask you both, maybe kind of, what do you guys see is coming next the rest of this decade? I mean, I think the Bible pretty much speaks for itself. I mean, right, Jake? I mean, that's what we've been led to see. I mean, we've seen it happening. It's unfolding. Yeah, it, it's um, it's an interesting time to be alive. Uh, I I I've always looked at that scripture that talks about uh, the Lord won't test you beyond what you can bear, and mm-hmm. uh, I've come to realize that it doesn't just mean tempted towards evil beyond what you can bear, but also tempted towards good beyond what you can bear, because then we become robots. We're, we're mm. not going to give up our free will um, because we're overwhelmed by a goodness. Um, and, and so whenever the, the principle goes all the way back to the scriptures, whenever you see a Jezebel, you see an Elijah figure rise up just as well to kind of meet and balance out the check of power in the world. And so as you see this increase activity of the enemy and deceptions and false prophets and that's that's where I think the opportunity is opening up for the next generation of you know truth and revelation and and power of the Holy Spirit and 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 the the Elijahs standing up to meet the Jezebels so to speak and uh, and so that's the exciting aspect of it uh, but also that there seems to be kind of a uh, a Gideon's army style test that's been happening over the past few years as a paring down a paring down and a a uh, a setting apart of people who stay strong in their convictions and beliefs and and each test each wave of testing refines people and and the sad part is if you fall for one of the deceptions you're more likely to fall for subsequent deceptions and so while we saw over the past few years uh medical tyranny and the the medical experiment and mandates and stuff uh the people that held strong to their convictions not only were vindicated with a lot of the stuff that's come out you know exposing the truth of what happened uh but they're better off for it um but also we see that what was done was a purging of major institutions like the military and the medical establishment of people that are willing to stand up for the convictions and so what that shows me is that in the coming years, the people that remain in those systems that bowed to the beast, so to speak, are going to be more likely to bow in the next iterations as the serpent constricts. Because uh, it, as we see 
people stand up for their convictions. They were pushed out of the system. And the good thing is, is that those people are better off for it because they're now building outside of the system. They're figuring out how to survive without needing that job that forced, was trying to force them to participate in a mandate. But the people that remain in the system that didn't have strong enough convictions or uh, just gave in because of necessity or, or, uh, right. or fear, um, they are more likely to f- fall again when the next wave of deceptions come. And so the, the encouragement I would say in coming years is, hey, uh, it's going to only get more and more uh, tedious, the tests that are going to become um, but stand strong yeah. because and, it's, yeah, it, it's on and, the back end send, that we're vindicated. That's right. And I was going to say, and, and send your roots down because as, as you, I, I, I was picturing like forks in the road as you're talking about making those choices and now you're, you're more prepared or you're more likely to fall for the next one. Yeah. You know, send those roots down stronger each test. And, and whether people, like you said, they did it for convenience or their job, you know, or whatever, or because they actually believe what they were told, regardless, you're, you're either making yourself weaker and more apathetic or you're growing. But, um, yeah, I, Luke, I think it was even, uh, when we were talking to Doug Van Dorn, he was saying something about that. I don't know if it was, was having to do with the supernatural worldview of Genesis six, but he was saying there was people during the pandemic. He said, it was really interesting how the ones that thought this way, they didn't buy any of the lies that they were told. And then the other people that I know that think this way theologically or what, do you remember him saying something like that? They, they swallowed the whole thing. No, I'd have to go back and listen to that episode, putting you on the spot. But uh, yeah, why don't we finish up with this, guys? This is this has been really great, and I appreciate your time. Um, what can we do, Jeremiah? To well, first of all, what do you see as some of the biggest things that you want to carry on about your dad Rob's legacy? The things he was working on, the the truth that he was pursuing. You know, what are what are you and Jake and your and your mom working on there that are the most important things that he was doing? Well, of course, Skiba News Nation uh, yeah. is one of the big ways that we're doing it. And uh, we're also finishing the second comic book that my dad almost completed of Seed. So mm-hmm. everything my dad started, I will do my best, the best of my ability to finish what he started. Because almost everything he did, he did from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So I just got to figure out a way. And with the help of Jake and everybody else on our team, we'll get it done. And that's what I see. That's really cool. I see a great, a great, uh, well, I want to put them in there too. Maybe that's, maybe we can figure out how to do that with the <laughs> creepy AI. There you go. You can do it. You can do it. Well, what's happening with seed? Um, what, what's on the horizon for that? What, what has to happen or what do you need? Um, what would you say, Jake? We're almost completed with the second comic book. And then, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, going forward and and getting a series produced, Rob had you know four or five episodes and many many cliff notes and outlines ready for the series. Um, mm-hmm. But really, what it would take is uh, somebody to take it all, and I think start with a novelization of the Seed series. 
And that's just my yeah. personal opinion that the best way to get it out there um, and then based on a novelization, turn that into, uh, you know, some type of film or, or series. Okay. But So basically kind of fleshing out the storyboard and things that he had, right? Yes. And, and being as honest and true to his vision as possible would be super important. But, uh, you know, it, it would be... Uh, you know, it would take some time to figure out like how to present it and tell the story while being true to his narrative, but also, you know, somebody else would have to do it. So, uh, Rob was so close, man, before he passed away, he won like dozens of awards for the first pilot episode of the animated seed series. And, uh, he was very Hmm. close. And, and so I think, um, in the coming years, if we have more time, of course, uh, that would be the most practical way that seed would eventually, you know, be able to be published and, and finished. Um, so that pilot, uh, was completed. Yes, it was a, it was, it was about a seven, eight minute pilot, uh, episode of like an animated version of seed. And okay. I, I believe, you know what I did? I created a YouTube channel called Seed the series and I put that on there. So is it on there? Easiest. It's on there. Fantastic. All right. We'll put a link of that in the, in the description. That would be great. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I was wow, surprised that... there wasn't already one. There was no seed, the series I, ha- no... I had to create it. You nailed it. You got it. It's yours now. Oh, that's I'm, really cool. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate your guys' time. This has been a great uh, conversation. And I think that, um, yeah, any ways that, um, that Luke and I can, can partner with you, uh, Jake and you, uh, Jeremiah and, and your mom, um, to just help carry that on. I mean, we've, we've said it a number of times, just, just how influential, um, Rob has been. And, um, I mean, we have several episodes <laughs> you go back on the look at our episode list surrounding that whole interview with Tim Bentz. That was just foundational. That whole Canaanite altar thing and Jekyll Island was just fascinating. Um, and now Tim's become our most uh, recurring guest. He's been on our show three times, and so we've gotten to know him a little bit. But yeah, anything that we can we can do any any uh, piece of the puzzle to help um, kind of push that baton down the track, uh, we'd be happy to do that with you guys. So that'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, All right, any well, thank- fun. Yeah. Any final words? (laughs) No, I was just going to say thank you for having us on the show. I I, I really appreciate you giving, giving us the opportunity to be here. And uh, it was fun talking to you about conspiracies and, and everything. I mean, yeah, uh, my, my favorite thing is conspiracies because it's not only fun, but you get to, you get to research, you know, exactly. Which is my dad's favorite thing to research, research, research. That's right. (laughs) That's one of the things I loved about Rob. It's like, Wait, who's this guy? How many degrees did he have? No, he he digs in. He researches, right? I have a I have a photo of of his his college diploma, and it's I did it myself. University. There you and go. I have it. Hang, <laughs> I have a whole wall that's uh, my dad's stuff. So I love it. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys. So everybody listening, be sure to check out uh, Skiba News Nation on YouTube and also. Uh, the audio version, if you prefer, on pod- your favorite podcast platform. And check out The Protocol That Kills uh, from Jeremiah's mom, Sheila, and Roberta and Alan, Alan Stalvey. 
about what happened to Jeremiah's dad in the hospital. And also, Jeremiah, your book, right? Um, Never Got to Say Goodbye. Never Got so. to Say Goodbye. So, it's only seven chapters, I think, mostly pictures and uh, mostly, uh, you know, pictures of our family, stuff that, that you would never get to see, especially if you love my dad. This is a good yeah. a good book to, to just see where his mindset was. And it's crazy. He even used the word seed a lot before seed was ever a thing. One of them was every deed a seed. I'll never forget that one. Wow. And we have a, we, we found it and this was after he passed and I was like, oh my gosh, did he just predict seed? But that's really cool. That's funny. Well, I think it's in else, the book. Yeah. And anything else um, you guys want to plug as far as what you're working on that I didn't mention? I think we're good, man. You hit them all. That I hit them you're all. You're pro, man. All right. Any parting words, Luke? No, we, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate your dad and Jake. Uh, pleasure meeting you and, and uh, awesome that you, you had some time uh, with Rob. And, and, and uh, so you both are uh, carrying that torch. So keep up the good work. And we'll, we'll keep in touch. You can come on our show. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. I look forward to it. All right. Well, with that, we will sign off on the Days of Noah. You've been listening to the Days of Noah podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Remember to share this podcast with your family and friends and leave us a positive review. Even just clicking five stars really does help to grow the channel. If you get value from these episodes and would like to support us further, please click the support link at the bottom of the description and choose a support level as low as 99 cents per month. We appreciate each and every one of you out there. Thanks again for listening and tune in again next week. Take care. God bless.